0: Amen. Well, it is so good to be back and um so excited to see such a great praise team this morning, young guys and young girls, and these women can sing. But that guy behind me sings excellent. I don't know who he is, I haven't met him, but he's a big guy, but he can sing well. I like your voice, my brother. And then the bass player I even like the most of all. Because when I was in rock bands about 50 years ago, that's what I looked like. <laughs> With the long hair down here. The only difference was I wasn't saved. I was a drunk and a drug addict and an adulterer and fornicator and you name it. And God miraculously saved me f- 40 years ago. And I am glad not to... I'm, I'm glad I looked like that, but I'm glad I wasn't what I am. I am like I am now. This is good. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But that's what I look like in the, in, in the rock bands. Where is the bass player? I'm not breaking you down, but I look the same way. You are good, my brother. <laughs> I love that hair. Imagine I came here with that hair today. You guys wouldn't listen to me, I'm sure. you. The bass player can look away, but not the evangelist. <laughs> that's unfair. Well, my wife is here, but she fell and broke her tailbone. Can you believe that? So um, she is not feeling good. I hope that she would come one night. But if she does, she will. If not, I am so sorry. We did not plan this at all for her to, her to fall. We were looking forward to coming to visit you guys. So I got to sing by myself. Outside on the table there are CDs with the music that we wrote. We got five CDs. Most of you got it. Some of you guys have heard us for the years that we've come I've written four books that you can go and have a look at, and I've got a lot of caps, Jesus caps out there. Only difference is this year, and then there's a sign-up, a sheet. If you want to purchase the messages, I will type them and put them on a CD or on a flash drive. You got to make a choice, and if you don't have a CD player but you like the music. There are flash drives with the music on. You just don't have the pictures on, okay? Who, who needs a picture of the evangelist? You can listen to them, okay? So, but um, Ron, what's her name that just got the 50-pound Nora. Nora? Nora will be there and let her help you, okay? I think that's all that I had to say. If my wife was here, she would tell me. Or oh, you're good. Right, okay. Okay, what, what great worship. Give your praise team a big clap this morning. Man, thank you, Lord. Thank you so much, guys. You are a very anointed um, band, not just good players and, and good musicians, but you're anointed. I like saying that to people, all right? I'm a musician myself, and I can hear the difference of being good and being anointed. I hope you appreciate these guys. Yep. I'm just going to sing one song this morning for the time aspect. I've got a lot to say, um, and I'm glad they ended off. There is no other God like our God, man. He's an awesome God, and he's a mighty God, and we thank you for that, Father God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Great and mighty is my God Great and mighty is my King Great and mighty is my Lord And our blessings holy name and sin
1: you are my father yes you are you are my God you are my king you are my God you're my redeemer and I will bless your name is Jesus and I love you. And I will bless your holy name and sing. Yes, you are my Lord, you are my God, you are Creator Lord, you are
0: my King. Amen. Thank you, Father God. We give you praise. I was going to sing Yeshua this morning, but I think I'm going to drop it. I'll do that last night. Is that okay? What's up, Pastor? You want Would you want to hear it this morning? You wanna hear it this morning? Oh my! You guys are giving me a. Okay, everybody stand to your feet. Come on, everybody remember that you gotta do something. Okay, you gotta do something in the in the middle. We might as well just start off this revival and just do it a bit different. Is that okay?
1: Christ is our Redeemer Yeshua, our Mashiach He is the Savior and our Healer and He is Holy yeah He is Lord Come on, sing with me, sing Yeshua Yeshua, our He is my rock He's He is my power Yeshua, our my shield at my strong tower and he's called me. Yes, he is Lord. Christ is the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. He is the roaring line of Judah, and He's holy, He is Lord. Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ is our Redeemer, Yeshua HaMashiach. He is the Savior. He is holy. Yes, he is. He is Lord. Yes, Just Oh, I love praising the Lord
0: They got it. okay. <clears throat> I saw some people just standing like us. I thought they must drive a Ford or a Dodge because <laughs> it's the only Christians that drive Chevrolets and do this. and <laughs> know. Thank you, Lord. Father God, we thank you this morning for the worship, for the worship team, and thank you that you brought in the anointing through the music. Thank you that we could just sing our songs to you as well this morning. Help me, Lord, as I bring the word of God, that I will do it through the Holy Spirit and not from my flesh. And that the people will listen with the ears of the Holy Spirit this morning. And not with their fleshly ears in Jesus' mighty name. And I give you glory and honor and praise. Amen. First of all, thank you so much that you guys prayed for me four years ago when I had the throat cancer. I am alive. I am not dead. Like the doctor said I would be. And um, God has healed me. They tell me that next year, the final PET scan, and it's still clean, then I will be in remission. But the first day that they told me, it's going to take you five years before you're in remission. And I looked at the doctor and I said, Doctor, my God has healed me. I will never be in remission. I am healed. You get the difference. Remission means it's still there. God gave me a scripture that he will will not have to strike it again a second time. He's healed me. And I will talk about that this morning. But getting healed, being saved, and so many other things in the Bible are promises from God. And I just wish we as Christians would sometimes go into the book, the Bible, and start reading what the promises of God are. Because God has promised us over 3,000 promises in this Bible. And for some other reason, I still see people that are not walking in those promises. It's almost like they go back, they get discouraged, they get disappointed when they pray for healing, when they pray for salvation, they pray for deliverance, whatever they need for finances, etc., that it doesn't work. And it, But listen, nothing comes in a hurry. There are people that get healed immediately, but there's people that get healed over time as well, do you know? And you, when you pray for somebody to get saved, doesn't mean they, well, I hope they get saved immediately, but sometimes it's a process. And this week, I want to talk about going forward, not backwards. Israel had been in bondage for 430 years in Egypt. And God raised up Moses, And Moses took them out of Egypt, and after all the ten plagues, I don't have time to go into that, but they got to the Red Sea. And I can just imagine these bunch of hard-headed, stiff-necked, Tuscaloosa Christians. Well, I'm talking to you, I'm not talking to the Israelites this morning. If the shoe fits you, just put it on. Okay. Otherwise, just kick it off. Saying, oh, come on, God. Because if that was me and I got to that Red Sea, I know myself. First thing I would have said was, come on, God. You took us out of Egypt for four, after 430 years, you promised us we'd go into the land of Canaan. Now this, a Red Sea. And I can hear the one guy saying to the other guy, you think the Red Sea is a problem? Look behind you, baby. And they looked around and they were just dust. And the Egypt army was coming. Now you're stuck between two problems and you've just come out of a problem. And God's promised you you're going to get healed. God's promised you he's going to save your child. God promised you you're going to get the job. And Satan will always put a Red Sea in front of you to get you discouraged. And when you look behind you, then you see the enemy coming as well. So, in Exodus 14, 15, and 16, Exodus chapter 14, verse 15, 16, the Lord said to Moses, they're standing in front of the Red Sea, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. And I can hear Moses saying, Yep, God, where to? Into the sea? (laughs) <laughs> and he said to Moses lift up your rod stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea imagine God telling you to do something when you're in front of a problem and you think this is stupid this is not going to work what's a rod going? well Moses should have known that it's going to work because he changes another stick into a, 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 a snake into a stick he, he Touch the water and it turned into, into blood. He should know that God could do this, but the people. You see, sometimes we preachers know what God said, but the people don't want to listen. They don't want to do what God tells them. So in any case, open, there goes the Red Sea. And the people are, wow, let's go. And I thought about this. God will take your problem that's in front of you and he will divide it so you can go through it, not around it, not over it, through it. See, when I got this cancer, it wasn't taken away from me just because I'm a child of God or because I'm a preacher. I had to go through this thing and come out the other side and overcome her. And what God did was with the Red Sea is He opened it up that the Israelites could go through. He divided their problem and then He used that problem to kill the enemy. And sometimes you'll have a problem in front of you and you think, oh my goodness, this is unreal. God wants to use the problem to destroy the enemy as well. And he can do it. And they got through. And they came out the other side. But you all know what happened. And most of them didn't go get into their promise. Why? Because they went backwards. If you read Jeremiah chapter 17 with me, I'm just saying this as as an introduction. We're going to go forward this week, not backwards. God told Israel to go forward towards the problem. Go through it. In Jeremiah 17, chapter 22, 23, 24, God's speaking to Jeremiah. And he said, Jeremiah, I did not speak to your fathers. And I did not command them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings and sacrifices, He said, when I took the people out of Egypt, I did not tell them about burnt offerings or how to sacrifice. He said, but this is what I commanded them. And I'm believing that this is the word for some of you this morning. Obey my voice, and I will be your God. You see, if we do what this book tells us, then we are wise people. Remember when Jesus said to them, whoever builds their house on the rock, the word of God, I will reckon as a wise man. When Satan comes with his storms and his tricks and his wind and his rain, that house will stand. Right? Jesus said to them, or God said to Jeremiah, I did not teach them about burnt offerings and sacrifices. I said to them, obey my voice, obey the word of God. And I will be your God and you shall be my people and walk in all the ways that I've commanded you so that it may be well with you. Are you obeying God's word, church? Are you doing what Jesus said? Are you doing what God said? Are you loving your wife like you should? Are you submission to your wife like you should? Are you helping your husband, I mean? We are in submission to our wives in any case. <laughs> are you bringing up your children in the ways of the Lord? Are you living by faith? Are you speaking right? How's your tongue? Are you paying your tithes? Are you paying your debt? Are you doing what the word says? Are you obeying God's word? Then God will be our God and we shall be his people. And he says, and walk in all the ways that I've commanded you, that it may be well with you. Yet, God said to Jeremiah, the people did not obey my word, nor did they incline their ear, but they followed the counsels of their own dictates and their own evil hearts, and they went backwards, not forward. And I see a lot of Christians that God wants to heal, bless, prosper in all things, turning away and going back to their vomit like dogs do. And they go, some of them even backslide and they go back into drugs. They go right back in. Never mind that. I see Christians that are confessing to know God and, Lord, I love you. Oh, Jesus, I love you. But they become thieves, but they turn around and they rob God from not paying tithes. Or they love God. Oh, Lord, I love you. You are such, such you're an awesome God. And then they turn around and love the worldly people, the worldly actors, the worldly people that, serve Satan and we hero, the worldly heroes, but then we say, God, we love you. How can you love God and the world? And the church has got to wake up because Jesus is coming back. And if we want to go forward in our lives, I don't know about about you, but I want to go forward because I want to hear these words one day, welcome, well done, faithful servant. I don't want to mess myself up and I want to have a good place in heaven. I just don't want to just scrape into heaven. I want God to be proud of me. And I want to do what I want to I want to do what I have to do as a child of God. Are you going backwards or do you want to go forward? I don't know about you. I want to go forward. Everybody say I'm going forward. Not backwards. And that means what the stuff that you did in the world, the things that you liked in the world, remember what first John two fifteen said. Do not love the the world, the worldly system, the anti-Christ, the abortionist, homosexual attitude world out there. Don't love that kind of one world system, satanic system, and don't love the things that are in that. I still don't understand, and I'm not a political person, but I cannot understand how somebody can vote for somebody that says abortion is okay. It just doesn't make sense to me. I'm from Africa. Maybe I'm a bit too blunt, but I cannot do that. If there's nobody else to vote for, then I don't vote, but I will not vote for people that kill babies. Right. Any case, that's not what I'm talking about this morning. I've got to watch out that I don't get carried away. I want to go forward. I want to obey God's word, and I want to go forward. I want God to use me, and every Christian should have that attitude. Now there comes a, there was a time when you were in your mother's womb. Can, uh, all of you remember that, <laughs> <laughs> and when you were born, the doctor went pa, and you went. Ah, ah, ah you shouted and started screaming. Guess what happened that time? I I really believe that's when God went, and he blew life into you. And you took your first breath. You were alive in your mama's womb, yeah. But that's when you took your first breath and life. And life began in you and me. Isn't that incredible how God just put that breath of life into us? And I, I cannot remember what I did in the few year, first few years, but I just know the life that I lived in the first 29 years was not a good life. If I had died anywhere in between the first 29 years of my life, that Jesus gave me life, I would have gone straight to hell. I was not saved. I was not talking about God, I didn't believe in God, I didn't believe in Jesus or the Bible, nothing. Drugs, alcohol, women, and money, and bans. That's all that I was interested in. And what a life I lived. What a waste of 29 years. Some of you have been there, but guess what? One Sunday morning, I woke up and I heard a voice saying, go to church, I was still having a hangover, I didn't know where to go, went to the biggest church because the only church where I I didn't have to wear a suit and a tie. So I wore my jeans and a t-shirt and walked in and they hugged me. I thought, this is the wrong church. A man hugging a man, this is a gay church. I don't want to be here. (laughs) But I sat down and they spoke about communion and they said, we're going to drink wine and bread. The pastor afterwards said, I've never said we're going to drink wine, but that morning he said, we're going to drink wine. I thought this is a good church if they drink wine. I'm staying for a while. And before we took communion, he said, if you do not know Jesus Christ, come out. And I walked down the aisle that day not knowing why, not knowing where, not knowing who, but I found myself lying on the floor on the the carpet there uh, in front of 7,000 people giving my heart to Jesus. And guess what happened that morning? (sighs) New life came into me. And all of you sitting here, if you were not saved, you don't have that second breath of life. Because that life that I started at 29 years of age has now given me eternal life. This is going to make sure that I'm gonna get to heaven because Jesus died on that cross, forgave all my sins, I repented and confessed, and I will not go back to drugs. I will not go backwards to alcohol. I will not go backwards to women. If I look at another woman, my wife will kill me in any case. So I will not do that. I will go forward serving God as a holy, chosen, righteous servant of God. I don't know what I wanna go do back in the world the world is behind me. Look, I'm a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. Are you Christ-like? Are you living Christ-like? Because the first years that you were not saved, you were living world-like, worldly-like. Now that you've got Jesus in you, you must be living the life of Jesus. Because he's the one that gave you life. Do you remember 1 John 5, 12? He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life in him. Mm. John 1, 4 4 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief, the devil comes to steal, does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy and slaughter us. But I have come that I may give you life and that you may have it in more in abundance. And I'm paraphrasing. Are you living in that life this morning? Because if you want to go forward, you're either going to go backward and live the old life or you're going to have the the new life and the old life and you're going to be in the middle and now you're in big trouble. Because now you have the life of Jesus in you, and you have the life of the world in you, and one day you're in the bars and the nightclubs, and next Sunday morning you're in church. Now you're in the middle. Now God's going to vomit you out of His mouth because you're not hot or cold. Now you're lukewarm. Why am I saying this to the church? Because I'm seeing a lot of church people playing with God. Mocking God, maybe I'm a bit hard on you this morning, or I haven't been here for five years, so I might as well be a little bit hard on you, and just challenge you this morning. Are you focused on your future, your heaven? Are you focused on going forward, or are you still playing with the old stuff? Are you still putting that old flesh man behind you, and now and then you go back and do what you, oh God, just, and, and, and nobody knows, but God knows. Why do we want to go backwards? I don't want to go backwards. I want to go forward. And there's so many areas in our lives that we've got to go forward. Forward. Romans chapter 5, 10 says, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. Much more, Paul said, having been reconciled, we are now saved by His life. And I thought about this. The life that Jesus has given us, after we get saved, how are you living that kind of life? What was the life that Jesus blew into us? Have you thought about this? When I was in the world, the life that I lived was a worldly life. Alcohol, drugs, cussing, cursing, money, woman, you name it. Now that I'm saved, what's the kind of life That I should be living. Well, I should be living the Christ like life. I should be living like Christ lived. Not like Paul or Peter or John or Pastor or your father in law, like Jesus. I take no other example from people, only take example from Jesus. And I want to live like Jesus wants to. I want to be. I want to become more like Jesus every single day. Hansi, why are you so serious? Because when they tell you you got stage four cancer in your throat, that's a wake-up call. And then when they tell you you got to have chemo and radiation, and I said, okay, tell me about it. And they say, well, one thing is the radiation that you're going to get in your head and neck is the worst radiation and the worst chemo that you can get. And you can ask people about it. You can ask doctors about that. Because they said the side effects is unfortunately, if it works, you will live, but you will not have a normal life again. You are a preacher, right? Yes, sir. Well, you will most probably preach not with your normal voice again. You will never be able to sing again. Thank you very much. I think I just did that just now. Okay. You will lose your thyroid. It will will burn up. Your vocal cords will be harmed for the rest of your life. The guy told me, you most probably sound like this when you talk. I said, okay. He said, before the chemo is over and before the radiation is over, in the seven weeks of treatment, your teeth will be falling out of your mouth, so we've got to send you to a dentist before the time and pull all your teeth. I said, why will my teeth fall out? Because the radiation will eat, will soften the jaw bones so much that your teeth will just fall out. You will still be doing this your teeth will just fall out. So we don't want you to swallow your teeth. So we'll just pull all your teeth before the time and you'll be with nobody and no teeth. I said, okay, but can I have implants afterwards or dentures? No. Why not? Because your jawbone will be so soft, you won't be able to have dentures or any implants. I said, okay. They said, then over here, you will have a red, like somebody took a paintbrush and painted you, you will be a redneck. (laughs) I said, that's unfair. I preach to rednecks. I don't want to be a redneck. You will be partially deaf, most probably. You will lose half of your hearing. Listen, when they tell you that kind of side effects, my answer is, Lord Jesus, you either heal me or I go home. Because I will not stand up here and talk to you guys, and I cannot sing. Singing and music is my life. I grew up with it. Now I cannot do that and I've got to talk with no teeth in my mouth, and I've got to have a hole in my trachea, yeah? So I thought that maybe these guys are just playing around with me. One of the people in Deloge, Missouri, called me after after I got after about two years after I got healed. Hello, brother Hansi. How are you doing? I said, "Who's talking to me?" Johnny, and he said his name was Johnny. I could have recognized the guy's voice. I said, "Why? Did he have a cold?" No, he said, "I hear you had throat cancer and tongue cancer." I said, "Yep." He said, "I had the same thing. I have a hole in my trachea. My thyroid is gone. I have no teeth," and he told me all those side effects. He said, that's why my voice is like it. But I'm alive, he said. I said, praise God, you're alive. I'm so happy, my brother. So to make a long story short, I decided that God's going to heal me or I'm going to go home. And I spoke to my wife and my children and they agreed with me. They cried and they said, well, if you have to go, you have to go. I said, I'm going forward, going towards my daddy but I'm not going to go backwards. So I've never cried so much in my life in that week that I heard all about it. So I'm driving in my truck. I've got a to get food. And it's still another three months before they start. So they cut me open from under here, right to here, because I had in my lymph nodes, they, had the can- they, they could see the, the, the lymph nodes swelling up. Took out 25 lymph nodes all had cancer in, and it spread into my shoulder. So the guy said, there is no other way but chemo and radiation, and that's the side effects. So now I'm driving home, and I'm saying to God, just take me quickly, if you take me. And, you know, I've told this story so many times, and every time I tell it, I just get a little bit... I hear this voice. I've been a preacher for 40 years. And I've heard God's voice. The Holy Spirit voice. But I've never heard God's voice. There's a difference. That small little voice that you hear, the Holy Spirit. But this was the voice of God. I was driving and I stopped next to the road. I was crying so much that I couldn't see. I just stopped next to the road... And I was just shouting out and crying out to God. And I hear this voice. But this voice shook me. I didn't hear it. It went in me through me. My whole body started shaking. Like I thought I was getting a seizure or something. And then I realized, no, this is most probably the same God that spoke to Israel and Moses at the mountain. And the Israelites said to Moses, we're getting out of here. This voice is too powerful. This voice is like thunder and like lightning. You listen to God, but we're getting out. And that's what it felt like, like thunder and lightning. But still, it was the most gentlest, loving voice that I've ever felt, not heard, in my, in my spirit, man. And he said to me, Hansi, I said, yes, God. He said, you, and this is what he said, you know that I did not give you cancer. I said, yes, God, I know. He said, the devil wants to kill you. I said, yes, God. He said, but I'm going to heal you. Oh, my goodness. And I cried. And he waited for me. I don't know how long I sat there. He said to me, I'm going to heal you. And I just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He said, but, but. and some of you might say this was not God, but I know it was God. He said, I want you to do something for me. I said, okay, God. What do you want? Anything. Anything you want me to do, I'll do it. Big mouth. He said, I want you to go to Dallas, because I'm in Tyler, Texas. It's two hours away. He said, I want you to go to Dallas and take the treatment. I said, for what? You said you were going to heal me. He said, I'm going to heal you, but I'm asking you, I'm not telling you. Listen to what I'm saying. This is what God told me. He said, I'm asking you to go. I'm not telling you to go. And then he said this, I'm not telling you because if I'm telling you and you don't go, you're disobedient. But I am asking you as your father, would you please go? I said, why, God? He said, because I want to use you for seven weeks to pray for other people with, with cancer. And I must be honest, I said, God, is there nobody in Dallas that you can find? (laughs) I really said that. And you know what God said to me? He said, nope. He said, for this time period of seven weeks, I cannot find nobody. And before I could stop myself, I said, yes, God, I'll go. I'll go, if you heal me. And then he said this to me, he said, I want to give you a choice. I'm asking you to go. If you want to go, I'll heal you. If you don't want to go, I'll also heal you. So he put me in the middle of, he tells me he's going to heal me, and if I don't go, he'll he'll heal me. But he wants me to go. Does that make sense? Not really, right? It's like walking around Jericho walls, Thinking, why do I have to walk around the walls? Can we not just whoop the guys? And God said, No, I, w- I want you to walk around the walls. I'll let the walls come down. So I said, Yes, God, I'll go. Man, and my whole demeanor changed. I stopped crying, went back, told Jeanette, told my daughters, I'm gonna take the, the the treatment. Called the doctor, I said, I'm cancelling what I said. I don't want it because I told the doctors, nope, sorry, bye-bye, <clears throat> in, in Dallas. <clears throat> so I said, I'll start the treatment. Okay. Now the doctors that I had in Dallas, both of them, the chemo doctor and the radiation doctor, prayed with me. Every time, I, every day that I saw them, they prayed for me. And not like, oh, look, man, above almighty if it is your will no in the mighty name of Jesus Christ Lord we agree with brother Hunsey that, that they sounded like Pentecostals <laughs> evangelists this is serious so guys I got there I had to cancel from April for the whole year no, no services no money I'm telling you something. The church has sent me money. Unbelievable. For seven weeks, and God said to me, when you go into the place where you get the radiation and chemo, you don't go pray for people. I will send them to you. And if this is the chemo room right now and the radiation room like you guys are sitting, I would go and sit in the second row right there where there's nobody. I would not go and sit next to somebody. And I kid you not, it wouldn't be five minutes somebody would come sit right next to me. And God, Holy Spirit, small little voice say, pray for her. And every person that I looked at, because if you go, if you've ever been in a cancer, that's the first time ever, I've ever been in a chemo or radiation, cancer hospital. When you walk in there, everybody greets you. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling bad. And you, yeah, I'm feeling bad. Everybody feels bad there. They told me, they said to me, let me just stop there. They said, the first day that I took radiation and chemo, they said, oh, you're going to go home and you're not be able to walk around because you're going to be so fatigued. It's okay. It's normal. Just sit down. I kid you not. Oh, Yeah. I forgot. I said to God, okay, I'll go. But what about the side effects? Am I going to go through the side effects? If I have to, I'll go forward if, if I have to minister. He said, I'll take care of the side effects. Oh yeah, I forgot. I would not be able to swallow. I would not have saliva glands. I would not be able to taste nothing for the rest of my life. All the side effects that they told me, I have not got one of them. God took, took, took care of it. I did lose my saliva and my taste buds for about two or three months. I said, God, you said you take care of it. You said, I'm just letting you feel what the other people feel, f- are feeling. Otherwise, you'd feel nothing. I told pastor yesterday, they told me, I remember after the first week, two weeks, you got to have somebody that walking with you. Because there were people that walked in there with me, hi, how you doing, sat down, and they started their chemo. Three weeks, four weeks later, they would walk in like this. And they couldn't talk. They couldn't open their mouth. They were sucking through a straw, a bit of water, and somebody was holding them. They were walking like this. And I said to one nurse, what's wrong with that guy? She said, He's got the same cancer that you have. That's the side effects. I said, you serious? I said, yep. I said, why are they talking like this? She said, because they cannot swallow, they can't open their mouth. They've lost all their teeth. So here's Mr. Evangelist walking in with nobody with me, walking three miles every day around the the hospital. Because God didn't make me fatigue. He didn't let nothing happen to me except my taste buds and my saliva glands. The doctors told me, is that you walking around every day? I said, yes, sir. But I told the doctors, I'm not gonna, they, they said, now remember, th- th- they tell you this week, this is going to happen. Next week, your teeth are going to fall out. Next week, gonna, this going to this." I said, no, doctor, it's not going to happen. You see why? I said, because God said he's going to take it away from me. Well, they're they just giving me the scientific facts. But they agree with me because they're Christians that God can do that. Those doctors used me even eight weeks after I was finished. I was out of, I finished my, they were telling people that God can take away side effects from people. And if they can just believe. For seven weeks, I prayed for people every single day. I don't know if they got healed, but everybody that I said, can I pray for you? Yes. They'd ask me what I'm going through. I'd ask them what they're going through. I prayed for breast cancer. There's 25 different kinds of breast cancers I found out. A guy from Nigeria that flew in, in those seven weeks, only time that he had, had colon cancer, prayed for him, prayed for his wife. So many people, I know of one guy that had lung cancer the last day, and I'm ending off with a testimony, the last day I came in and the place was packed. And one seat open next to him. So I went and sat down next to him. He had um, oxygen in. And I said, hi, how are you doing? He said, good and you? I said, great. I said, how are you doing? He said, not good. The doctor said, I've got, lung, uh, I've got lung cancer and they can't get rid of it. Today is my last treatment. I said, can I pray for you? You know what he said to me? He said, I wondered when you were going to pray for me. I said, why are you saying that? He said, me and my wife come in here every day because he was one of the guys that walked like us as well with lung cancer. He said, every day we come in here and you come in and I felt so so humble. He said, there's a light shining around you every time you walk into this cancer hospital. And then I see you praying for other people. I said to my wife, I wish you would pray for me as well. And the last day, God put me right right next to him. I prayed for him. His name was Joe. And six months later, eight months later, when we had our second PET scan, he called me back. He said, hallelujah. No cancer. And he was healed. He said, and you know what? I'm a Baptist. I never even believed in in, in healing. (laughs) And God used me those seven weeks. And I'm so thankful for your prayers. Thank you. But I want to tell you one thing. It doesn't matter what you're going through. I went through the cancer. Maybe you're going through diabetes or heart problems or cancers or marriage problems or child problems or husband problems, wife problems, financial, you name it. God can get you through your Red Sea. He got me through. But if we're going to go backwards, the Israelites never got to the Canaan because they went back into the desert and they died in the desert. We're not a bunch of desert walking Christians, are we? If you want to walk around in the desert for the rest of your life, speaking about if we did that, if only we did that, now we got to live. Yeah, yeah, baby. but if that's what you said. You said, if only we could go back to Egypt or even back to the desert. And God said, okay, what you said you can have. Now you're walking in the desert. You will not go into the land of Canaan. I don't know about you. I don't want to speak myself back into trouble. I want to speak myself into the future. I want to speak myself where God wants me to be. And the promises that God has made me. It's already too late. I put my testimony in a book. It's called Half the Cross. Ten bucks. If you know somebody that's got cancer, give it to them. And the far more details that I could not say now. I've already made it too much time. First, hand up and get a free book. Okay. Come, Baba. Your dad got cancer? What cancer? He had colon cancer. He had colon cancer. They it all. The cancer was not his. No, no. Is he healed now? Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, That's awesome. you got a good voice. And both the girls have got excellent voices. Moses did not get, and I'm I'm not going to preach my sermon now. I'll preach my sermon tonight. Moses did not go into the land of Canaan. What made them go back? Give me five minutes. What made them go back? Hardened hearts. They did not listen to what God said. They were disobedient. They were rebellious. When God said go, they didn't go. That's why when God asked me to go, I said, Yes, Lord. And you don't have to get cancer to go forward. But listen, the life that I'm going to live now is the life that I want I want to live so I can I can be a testimony for God. And whatever you're going through, God can use that life. Please. And I know you got a lot most of you sitting there have got problems. Because Satan comes to steal. Kill and destroy, and he will whoop you if you go backwards. He will just get you right back to where you were. The Israelites were so disobedient, and then they complained so much. How's your complaining life? Are you complaining about everything, or are you saying, "I'm going to do what God said"? If you are sick, please find some scriptures in the Bible and start quoting them. Every day when I walked around that hospital, God told me that he was going to heal me, right? Right? You know what I did when I walked around that hospital three miles every day? Thank you, Jesus, I'm healed. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You are my God. You are my rock. You are my healer. Thank you, Lord, you've given me life. You satisfy my mouth with good things. For three miles, I walked around quoting scripture. Why? And see, God told you he was going to heal you. To get my faith lifted up. Because if I don't do that, Satan will whip me. Quickly. Quickly, quickly, quickly. I had to still do my part and keep my faith up there. And some of us just give in. We just let go. We just give up. My wife broke her tailbone. For 17 years, how many of you know that in 2006 we went back to South Africa? I don't know if we were, have been ministering with you, but how many of you can remember that my wife could not walk by herself? She fell in South Africa on her head and hurt her brain stem. She always had to hold on to somebody. 17 years. You know what I did every night? I would pray and she would pray and after she'd prayed, while she's still praying, she goes, uh, then she sleeps. She falls asleep like quicker. Then I'm lying there and then I talk to God. God, it's 12 years now. Lord, it's 15 years now. I pray for other people and you heal them. What about Jeanette? Now, I could gone into a complaining discouragement sit, motto in my head and just go right back and say, God's not a healer. God doesn't love her. But I know God can heal because he healed me. For 17 years, this is what I did. Every night I would put my hand on my wife's head. Sometimes I would even just give her a bit of a slap because she's sleeping just too, because I can. Otherwise, I can't do nothing. Just slap her a little bit. But this is what I would say for 17 years every night. Thank you, Jesus, my wife is healed. Thank you, Jesus, you will walk again. 17 years and nothing happened. Nothing. This year, beginning of this year, December, we went to my daughter, Elizabeth, in Fort Worth, I mean Dallas, big house. Now, Jeanette could not stand here by herself. She had to hold on to me. And if I let her go, she could not walk by herself and go sit there. That's how bad it was. She could not walk from here to there without me holding her. So she, I, I, I bought her a walker because otherwise I've got to go to the restroom with her everywhere. So I walk with a walker. Chevrolet walker. <laughs> Christian one. So she goes to the restroom on Christmas Day. And we're sitting in the lounge talking, me and my daughter and my son-in-law. And the next moment, Jeanette comes out of the restroom and just starts walking. Just walking. And comes and sits right next to me. And my daughter looks and he said, says, that? did you see what happened? I said, I saw that. So I'll cry again. I'm a crybaby. <laughs> I said, Jeanette, did you know what you did? No, what, what did I do? I said, where's your walker? And she looks around, I don't know, how did I get you? I said, you walked. <laughs> you said, by myself. I said, "Yep." So she gets up and she said, then I'm gonna do it again. And she walks back. And God heals her. After 17 years. <clears throat> so it doesn't matter how long it takes for your son to get saved, or your daughter to get off drugs, or your husband to get a job. You just keep on speaking the Word, which is the power of God that will save and heal and set us free. Do not neglect the Word. Find scriptures and start speaking them, speaking them, speaking them, until you don't want to speak them, then you speak them again. And then you do what we do in Africa. When you've been prayed for, you accept that you are healed. You believe that you are healed. Yeah, but I don't feel healed. Well, you don't have to feel because you don't walk by feeling. Well, I cannot see that I'm healed. You don't have to see. Thank you, Jesus, my wife is healed. I could not see it. I could not feel it. I did not experience. I believed it. Did you ever get discouraged? Yes. Did you ever get weary? Yes. But then I shake myself out and say, no. Can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am a believer. I am Christ-like. I'm going to get, we are going to get that healing. And God healed her. And now she falls and breaks her tailbone. So Satan just come from a different side. So now we're just acting, trying to act the other side. And then they diagnosed her this year. How many of you know Celine DeLon? She's diagnosed with some kind of a muscle sickness. Now, Jeanette's got the same thing, stiff man disease. That's why she's been falling so much. So now we got a new thing to pray for. Why is Satan doing that? Are you guys in sin? No, I'm not in sin. It, it's when you are doing stuff for God, then Satan wants to stop it. And we're all going to get attacked. Listen, the storm when the storm comes and the wind comes and the rain comes, it, it, it hits the, the wise and the foolish people's houses. Remember? Just the outcome is going to be different. The foolish man's house is going to fall down. But yours is going to stand because you placed it on the rock. On Jesus Christ. you wise. Don't you become foolish. You know what the word fool means, eh? Right? Foolish means. Do you know what the word foolish means in the Greek? Stupid. It actually means being like an Idiot. Evil, evil in the Hebrew. Nabla in the Greek. And Then another word for foolish which you're not going to like is moros. I think I'll stop right there. I don't want to be a moron or stupid because I build my house on what, world, what the world says or what Dr. Phil says. Or what my neighbor says. I want to build my house on what God's word says. So I can become wise in the Lord. Because that's when I'm going to be able to go forward. That's when I'm going to be achieve something. And that's all that I did when, when I went through that cancer. Knowing that God's going to heal me. But I still had to fight the good fight of faith. And with my wife. And with my ministry. And with everything we do. We have to do that. Yeah, but I'm not a minister. Yes, you are a minister. You are all disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you all got to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. So this morning, I want to give the Lord a clap. And I'm sorry that I'm ending so late. And I, I didn't even preach my sermon. I'm just talking to you now. If you want me to preach it, I'll go and preach it. But don't take another half an hour. I'd rather pray for people this morning. Everybody stand with me quickly, come. Is there anybody here this morning that has got The heart to put your hand up and say, I am not saved. I need Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Ma'am, can I pray for you? Put your hand up. Did you put your hand up? Are you saved? Do you need Jesus? Are you saved? I want to pray for you in any case. Is there anybody that's not saved? that has not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Why am I doing it openly like this? Because We don't have to hide hide that coming. You don't have to hide to say, I want to accept Jesus. Is everybody saved here? No yes? yes. Yeah, well say yes. yes. Okay. Well then you at least got one came in, in front of you, eternal life, forever and forever. You better get there. Don't talk yourself into a, being a desert Christian and start walking around and thinking you're not going to make it. Yeah, but I'm, I, just because you prayed a prayer doesn't mean you're saved. The praying a prayer doesn't save you. Living a Christ-like life, repenting. Confessing your sins and living like a Christian, that saves you. Just by saying it, I mean, some people can say, Lord, I love you. Please save me. Thank you that I'm saved. And go right back and do what they have to do. Is there anybody with cancer here this morning? I've been praying for more people with cancer that, that, that people that have cancer. Is anybody that's got cancer here that needs prayer? Come. Any other? need, find physical need that you have. Would somebody just come, where's my, can my team play a little bit for me in the music, if you remember, just softly. Anybody that needs healing. I'm telling you one thing, after being in that cancer hospital, gee, there are sick people there, man. There are sick people there. If you have to go, give me a few seconds or just go softly at the back. I'm going to start praying for these people. And if you have to go, then come back tonight and then I'll start preaching. Is <laughs> everybody okay with what I did this morning? I'm sorry. I didn't really, but maybe maybe the testimony would give you a bit more um, encouragement that man God It's not just a talker. God is a doer. And if you ask God something and you believe it, God will do it. Before they they get very high. That book that I wrote, it says the other half of the cross. It means this. We believe if I split the cross in two, there's the one half of the cross, there's the other half. We believe that we are saved and we believe that if we confess to repent, God saves us, right? Right? And nobody asks God, if it is your will, will you save me? You say, God, will you save me? You don't ask God, if it is your will, would you please save my husband? It's God's will to save everybody. Right? So why the other half of the cross which is healing. Why do you ask God if it's His will, will He heal you? We got to treat both sides of the cross equal. As I am saved, I am healed. And I've got a, a big explanation, scripture that shows you that God treats healing and salvation exactly the same. That's what He died for. He died on the cross for all your sins and all your sicknesses. Not just your sins. Yeah, but not everybody gets healed. Not everybody gets saved. God's Good. Thank you so much, man. I like your hair still. I'm going to pray for these people. If you still want prayer, come out and I'm expecting God, I've asked God for this week to heal people, set people free deliver people and after I prayed for you I don't want you to go out and say yeah well I'm still hurting, it didn't work I want you to turn around and go out and say thank you Jesus, I am healed I don't care what I feel and what I see I don't hope it takes you 17 years I hope it when you get home this afternoon or tonight when you wake up whoo I'm, I'm here. I pray for a miracle right here. And if it's not a miracle, then go home that God will heal you. But you've got to keep your mouth straight. You've got to keep on believing. Amen. We're going to pray for people the whole week. Bring people, bring sick people, bring unsaved people, they will get saved and they will get healed. Remember one thing, I cannot heal you. Your your faith has got to heal you. Can you believe? have to go, you can go in peace unless you've got to say something pastor pray